Hello and welcome back to Raise Your Voice. My name is Darby Robinson and I'll be solo hosting this one uh, this week as we get ready for the postseason. The field is finally set. The Rays will be taking on the Texas Rangers in the wildcard round, the very first round of the postseason. They will be hosting them. It'll be in the trop. Fans filling it up, which should be fantastic. Um, it's been a while since they've been able to get that huge, kind of crazy trop crowd. And this will be the first time they've actually had this postseason environment with the kind of staying in St. Pete's rooted here in the Tampa Bay area kind of campaign with since the stadium uh, saga has kind of taken its its next uh, next turn, and the Rays don't have the specter of moving to Canada or splitting the team or having the fear of a uh, a sign being put up and and all of that kind of BS. So this will be the Rays at home for two to three games against the Texas Rangers. So today. Kind of wanted to do a quick kind of rundown on uh, the kind of outstanding questions, a little preview of Texas and uh, and what to look forward to. And then we will be getting into our postseason coverage for uh, this entire uh, entire run. We'll be covering some sort of uh, post-game show after each of the games. And hopefully that will mean a lot of post-game shows as the Rays go deep. Uh, we will see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, first up in the matchup is going to be uh, Tampa Bay versus Texas. Baltimore Orioles have won the division at 101 wins. The Rays finished second most wins in the American League at 99 wins. That's the fourth most in all of baseball. But with the way the format is, that means the Rays will not be getting a bye. They will be having to play this opening week starting on Tuesday. And on the other bracket, the Houston Astros found their way to win the AL West again. So they will be getting the bye. And Toronto slips to sixth, the last wildcard spot. And they'll be facing, they'll be heading to Minnesota to face the AL Central champs, the Minnesota Twins. So first round matchup in the American League, Texas versus uh, Tampa Bay. This was decided on the very last day. The uh, Seattle Mariners uh, took three out of four against the Rangers, which cost the Rangers their divisional chances. Uh, so the Rangers are on a little bit of a skid here. Uh, they Those are pretty much playoff games for them. They, they needed to win at least two to secure the AL West. They could not do it. Uh, they, the offense that is extremely vaunted on, uh, on Texas, uh, the best offense by, uh, most metrics in the American league. The Rays are very close though, in a lot of these categories. Um, of course that's a Rays team that is mostly on the IL or restricted list at this point, but they are a, uh, the Rays did put, give them a run for their money with all of these offensive categories. Texas has an amazing offense. It did not show up in Seattle. Seattle's pitching held them in check for pretty much every game. Uh, Luis Castillo kind of had a blow up, two out blow up and gave up five runs uh, 
but other than that, they, the Rangers offense just could not get anything going. So hopefully that is the case that the road offense for Texas remains quiet, but that's going to be where we start this off. You can't talk about the Texas Rangers without talking about their offense. And you can't talk about their offense without talking about their uh, nearly billion dollars worth of free agent signings in Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. Corey Seager, um, the outstanding shortstop, longtime uh, Los Angeles Dodger. He was neck and neck with Yandy Diaz, went 0 for 4 on the last day. So hat tip to Seattle on that and George Kirby on that. Uh, Corey Seager now slips a second and Yandy Diaz wins the AL batting crown thanks to that. So a huge, uh, a huge accomplishment, individual accomplishment to cap off a truly tremendous season uh, for Yandy Diaz. But Corey Seager's had an amazing year. Highly likely he's getting MVP votes uh, this year. Of course, Shohei Otani is going to run away with the MVP for the American League, but Corey Seager is probably going to be finish either second or third to Julio um, in that race. So Seager is amazing. Marcus Simeon. Uh, has had a tremendous year. Those two guys at the top of their lineup uh, are have been incredible. They have kind of been the big change. They both were signed uh, within a few days of each other back in, in December of 2021. Uh, the Rangers broke the bank for those two free agents, and they've been the ones leading the way of this resurgence uh, and this offense. Um, the rest of the lineup, though, has some tremendous bats. I mean, this is there's really no breaks in this lineup, everybody here has had a really good year as, you know, you just look at the OPS numbers, you look at the on-base percentage, the power numbers, kind of everybody's doing it. You have uh, outstanding rookie Josh Young uh, at uh, third base. You have former Ray, uh, Nathaniel Lowe, and brother to Josh Lowe uh, at first. You have former Ray, Jonah Heim at catcher, or former Ray's prospect, I should say. Um, you also have uh, Adolis Garcia in right field, the godfather of Randy Rosarena's children, uh, best friends with Randy. Um, Garcia is a ton of fun. Another former St. Louis Cardinal that the Cardinals let slip away, uh, which is just uh, really painful. God, I've got to be for the Cardinals to just kind of keep looking at all of these amazing uh, uh, offensive outfielders that they kind of just gave away for practically nothing. Randy, they at least got a, a decent prospect. Uh, Garcia was, was actually given away, uh, for nothing. So that's, that's, uh, that's gotta hurt. That's gotta sting. Um, other, other big bats for the, uh, Rangers, Mitch Garver, who's been getting a lot of DH time for them, but he's a very talented hitting catcher. Um, you also have Ezekiel Duran for some speed off the bench. Uh, you have, Austin Hedges, who's possibly the worst offensive player in all of baseball, uh, but a great defensive catcher. So that's that's a little sprinkle of, uh, of paprika into the lineup where you have Austin Hedges surrounded by the best hitters in baseball, and you have Austin Hedges who uh, swings basically like a, a poor man's Bartolo Colon at the plate. Um, it's, a, it's a hell of a lineup. I, I'm, that's the biggest thing right here is the raised pitchers, the bullpen, they have to be dialed in. They have to be focused. Every inning, this is a lineup that can, if if you kind of just give up some walks, if you kind of miss your location, it can be very quickly uh, a crooked number. This is a lineup that absolutely can 
put up huge numbers very, very quickly. And it, it's one of those things that it's going to be the struggle of this matchup, right? It's, it's going to be the entire time. Can the Rays pitching, can Tyler Glass now, can Zach Eflin, can Aaron Savali, and can this Rays sort of rebuild bullpen, can they hold this vaunted Rangers lineup in check? You, you can't really get a break. You can't get a break down the lineup. Even guys like Leody Tavares and Evan Carter uh, at the bottom of the lineup have OPSs over 750. Uh, this is just a, a very, very talented offensive uh, unit the entire way up and down. So going to be something to watch. I think it's a strength for strength matchup, though. Uh, the Rays pitching has been really good despite so many injuries, so many hugely talented Cy Young caliber pitchers that have gone down uh, to injury. The Rays still are going to be able to throw a a very good uh, starting pitcher in each of these games. And that bullpen built on the fly this year, adding guys like Jake Diekman and Robert Stevenson to the mix to absolutely bolster uh, that bullpen. So strength for strength, Rays pitching versus the Rangers batting. Uh, that's going to be a, it's going to be the matchup for the entire series. I think if the Rangers can't score, uh, the Rays were, they're going to be in great spot because even with the injuries that the Rays lineup have faced, they are still going to have many more opportunities because the Rangers pitching is definitely not as good, uh, as the, the Rays pitching versus that offense. Um, that was really poorly stated. Uh, let me say it a different way. The Rangers and the Rays are top five offenses, uh, top three in the American League in pretty much every category you kind of run through. However, the Rangers pitching is going to be top five. Uh, sorry, Rays pitching is going to be top five in pretty much every category you look at. ERA, FIP, uh, F-War, uh, Ks per nine, walks per nine. But then you look at the Rangers, and they're suddenly down into the kind of the, the middle of the pack or below. A uh, lot of things. ERA is 18th. FIP is is about 17th. Um, their Ks per nine about 14th. Uh, it's it's definitely been a struggle, especially that bullpen. The Rangers went out at the deadline, got two starting pitchers. They added Jordan Montgomery, uh, and he's probably going to start either probably game one for them uh, against uh, Tyler Glass now. And they also got Max Scherzer, who has been pitching excellent for them, but then got hurt. So we'll that raise her dodging Max Scherzer, which is a huge, huge one to dodge um, by not getting the Houston Astros. They're also dodging Justin Verlander, who were the two best uh, pitchers moved at the deadline with Aaron Savali. So huge, huge, um, uh, I guess, luck of the draw. In, in bad luck for the Rangers to lose Max Scherzer because they did address their biggest area of need, which was pitching. Uh, but and, and Scherzer was doing it, but, uh, you know, old older pitchers, it's a risk. The Rays know it too well. Um, it's just the way it goes. Uh, so Rangers pitching lineup uh, for this three-game series and the Rays pitching lineup, more than likely it's, it's going to shake out. Uh, game one, Jordan Montgomery – Former Yankee, the Rays should know him well. Former Cardinal as well. They, the Yankees traded him to the Cardinals. Cardinals traded him to the Rangers. Jordan Montgomery, the big lefty, is probably going to go game one against Tyler Glass now. 
Montgomery's been good. He has postseason experience as well. Um, definitely not somebody to to take lightly. Uh, I've always really liked Jordan Montgomery. Um, he's a very kind of crafty pitcher. Great use of off speed and kind of bendy stuff to kind of keep uh, hitters off balance. Uh, very very strong lefty. This year he's had maybe his best year uh, as a professional. Uh, 3.20 ERA, uh, 3.57 FIP, uh, 4.3 wins above replacement, Fangraphs wins above replacement, um, nearly 200 innings pitched. So a, a really fantastic year for Jordan Montgomery. And he has been really, really strong for, for many years now. This, is, this has been one of the best uh, kind of under-the-radar pitchers, I would say, in, in baseball. You know, he's not the flashy K guy. He's not a guy that's going to kind of light up the – the velo he he's definitely somebody that that kind of flies under the radar but very much like a type of guy that the rays usually target guys that are super effective that have a good k minus bb that 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 are productive uh even if it's not with the uh highlights that pitching ninja will will uh share um so jordan montgomery is going to be a tough matchup but a lefty which this rays lineup is going to need uh without brandon lau they are the weakest probably against um, right-handed pitching. They are have been a team that has hit left-handed pitching really well. So this is a lineup that can feast on lefties. The Rangers have a lot of lefty pitchers, a lot of very good lefty pitchers. They're going to lean on those lefty pitchers. So again, kind of a strength-for-strength strength matchup that does benefit the Rays in this regard. Jordan Montgomery would be probably your game one starter for the Rangers against Tyler Glasnow. Glasnow, a little struggles down down the line. Um, Hasn't been his sharpest self, but still, he is a guy you want, you feel comfortable giving the ball some of the best stuff in baseball. Uh, Absolutely ace-level stuff, ace-level performer, somebody that if he's on and dialed in that day, could absolutely win you a game single-handedly. So, Fun matchup for game one. That'll be on Tuesday. Game two looks like Zach Eflin, the Rays horse all season, getting a little extra rest. Um, where would the Rays pitching staff be without Zach Eflin? I would hate to find out. He's been absolutely one of the best free agent signings in team history. Um, and just uh, in general, like the, the, the stopper. He's been the ace for this team. Every time the Rays have needed him to come up big, Eflin has come up big, uh, 350 ERA, 3.01 FIP, uh, almost five wins above replacement, 4.8 uh, on Fangraphs. Um, just a, just an incredible, incredible season for Zach Eflin. He will be going against uh, old friend Nate Avaldi. Avaldi, uh, former Ray, former Yankee, former Marlin, former Red Sox. Um, Nathan Avaldi has been maybe the nastiest pitcher on the Rangers. Uh, with Scherzer, that would have been their their nastiest, but uh, but Evaldi has been absolutely fantastic this year. Um, he's been hurt as he always has been hurt, but uh, pitching, you know, he's should be sharp right now. He's still somebody that proven playoff success. Um, somebody that even though he maybe not had his best season or. Again, struggled with a couple injuries this year and last year. He is still somebody that when he gets the ball, 
he can give you seven really strong innings. He can absolutely shove you around, and he can hold any lineup in check. So this will be a tough matchup against the Rays. This is the matchup that you'd really wish you had, Brandon Lau. You really wish you'd have your best uh, power threat and your best lefty power threat at that. Um, but Lau's not here, so it's going to be potentially Josh Lowe that you kind of lean on, that you look over and say that this is this is his moment. He's going to get pitches. He's going to get opportunities. Um, Josh Lowe needs to, to come up big in this series because he is the lefty that, that is right there. Um, this is also the line. This is also the, the matchup that you'd hope that Luke Rayleigh will be able to come back. And we'll talk about the Rays kind of roster uh, up next. Um, but Luke Rayleigh, going to be touch and go to see if he is healthy enough to to be added um you'd really love that extra lefty bat and potentially this is where jonathan ronda might get onto this roster as somebody who can you know provide you some lefty pop but yeah evaldi versus zach eflin another really intriguing uh pitching matchup um both guys do it a little differently uh but but very good kind of veteran starter matchup. Two guys that have been in the postseason before. Um, light should not be all that bright for them. They are ready to uh, perform. And I, I think that could be a really fun game too. And it's going to be a, a do or die game for one of these teams. So probably the, the guy you want for both teams to take the mound, whether you're up one and trying to finish it off or you're down one, you need to live another day. I, I don't think... The Rays would choose anybody but Zach Eflin in that situation. And right now, I, I can't imagine the, the Rangers would pick anybody but Evaldi. So game two uh, should be probably Nathan Evaldi versus Zach Eflin. Game three, probably since it's a it's a do-or-die game, if it gets to that point, it, you'll, you'll see everybody uh, pitching. You know, it's not going to be your set starters. I think you're going to get Aaron Savali for the, for the Rays. Um but you're probably going to have a quick hook if needed. And you might see Zach Littell. You could see Taj Bradley. Or you could just go straight bullpen day with with uh, one or two innings per guy and just kind of try to piece it through and go matchup to matchup. For the Rangers, the choice there comes down to Dane Dunning, uh, who's a righty, or uh, Andrew Heaney, another old friend of the American League East uh, with the Yankees. Um, Heaney has been uh, better than Dunning has this year, but uh, Dunning being a righty does pose a little bit more of a better matchup uh, against the Rays because, again, the Rays are missing some big lefty bats. So Dane Dunning, solid, solid year for them, 169 uh, innings pitched. Um, Actually, a couple more today. He started the last game, pitched pretty decently, only gave up one run, which ended up being the one that, Gave him the loss, but a 3.17 ERA, a 4.32 FIP, and about two wins above replacement. Solid pitcher, nothing spectacular there. Um, I can't imagine for the Rangers, they're going to give him a huge leash for pretty much anybody in, in Game 3. Um, Andrew Heaney uh, performed a bit better. I mean, Heaney, uh, 4.15 ERA. Uh, the expected ERA and the expected FIP both, uh, showing a little bit of luck there though. Uh, expected ERA of 4.49 and 
expected FIP of 4.59. So pretty pedestrian numbers for Heaney as well. Um, probably they might move him to the bullpen. They might use him as a game three starter. They might do a piggyback. Not sure exactly what the Rangers' plan will be for that game three. Um, the biggest thing looking at the Rangers is coached by Bruce Bochy, a bit more of an old-school manager. They kind of run it a little bit more traditional with their pitching. Their bullpen, though, has been their their Achilles heel. Um, this has been a team that has the most blown saves uh, in uh, the American League. They have really struggled to 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 close out games. Um, they have some really exciting pitchers in that bullpen, some guys that I would love the Rays to, to take a shot at. Uh, Jonathan Hernandez and Josh Spores uh, in particular are really fun uh, pitchers. Both have not had great years. They both, uh, I think Spores has a over five ERA. Um, Jonathan Hernandez uh, as well has been, you know, not, not great results, but uh, the underlying stuff is very exciting. Um, Jonathan Hernandez just brought it up, uh, 5.58 ERA, a 4.73 FIP in 30 innings of work. Not great. Josh Spores, 5.5 ERA, 3.76 FIP. So showing a little bit, an XERA of 3.33. His uh, Sierra, which also kind of showcases, kind of cuts through a little bit of that luck, uh, 3.05. So Spores... Spores is good. The ERA is going to look really ugly, and he has had some some pretty bad blowups. But for the most part, he is uh, still good underlying metrics there. So that's that's nice. Nice to look at numbers, and and I, I've looked at the stuff with him. I've been kind of wanting Spores on the Rays for a while now, so it's nice to <clears throat> nice to see that that the underlying metrics show that this guy is a better pitcher uh, than he has uh, been able to get uh, credit for. The other big relievers for them, uh, Jose Leclerc and Araldis Chapman. Araldis Chapman, we all know very well. Uh, guy that, you know, in the postseason can can kind of blow up and implode. So, uh, And it couldn't happen to a better human being. So, yeah, always look forward to a, a Chapman explode, implosion. Um, <clears throat> would love to see that. Um, Will Smith... Uh, who's, you know, a little older now, but has been around the block a, a, a few times. Uh, former Ray, Brock Burke, has been in that bullpen. Um, former Ray, uh, Matt Bush, uh, is also in that bullpen. So, not a great bullpen. Uh, really, really some... If you're the Rays, I think you really want to um, kind of make good headway against the starters, but then get into that bullpen and play that bullpen game. I think if you are matching up bullpen to bullpen for multiple innings, that is an advantage to the Rays uh, every single time. Um, the Rangers hit offense is great, but you got to think if you can get matching up bullpen to bullpen, that's another advantage Rays. So I think overall looking at the series, Rangers are really good. This is a very talented team. They won the season series against the Rays. However, uh, Looking back through a lot of those box scores, and I won't go over it here, you have a lot of, I wouldn't put too much, you know, uh, stock into the season series. You have people like Javi Guerra getting uh, blown up for three runs. Uh, that That is one of the losses uh, in that in that matchup for the Rays against the Rangers. So not exactly the most telling um, setup there because Javi Guerra is no longer on this team. So 
he's not going to be pitching in the wild card round. Uh, so it, it's, and, and both for Texas as well, you regular season stuff, you're not really going with, uh, it's a different intensity. So regular season, uh, Rays won one series, Texas won, they basically won the home series is for each of them. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily look at that as any big revelations on what's going to happen in this uh, series. I think we're just looking position to position. Uh, the Rays lineup is going to be worse than the Rangers lineup. Just That's just the fact of the health right now. Um, but pitching-wise, starting and bullpen, the, I think the Rays come out on top there. So it's going to be a really interesting thing. Who can generate runs? Who can get that offense? And you got to love the fact that the Rays are at home. Uh, this is this is the benefit of what they they won 99 games for. This is the benefit. They did not get the bye. They came up just short, but they at least get to host these games. And having that last at bat, having that home turf, um, it is going to be really helpful. Texas is going to fly from Seattle all the way across the country. They get a day of rest, and then Tuesday – they are playing in St. Pete in the Trop, so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, an interesting matchup there. Texas has the more uh, more, I guess, travel time. They are gonna need to get their their pitchers are not set like the Rays were able to set their pitching lineups. Uh, they have not had to necessarily get rest for their for their bullpen. Um, so the Rangers have definitely been playing all the way down the stretch, whereas the Rays kind of got to use this last series against Toronto as more of a setup series. So we'll see how that plays out. We will see how that goes. Um, but I'm just excited uh, about this postseason. I mean, I'm excited. I think mentally this has been a very long season. This has been a very taxing season for the Rays. It's been a brutal amount of injury luck. It's been a brutal stretch, but they are in it. They have 99 wins. They're hosting these postseason games. And once this starts, now that the regular season is over, uh, you you have a chance. You have a chip in a chair. You are here, and anything can happen in the postseason. You know, the Braves are, are the best team uh, in baseball this year. Clear favorites to, to win uh, the World Series. How many times have we seen clear favorites get bounced early? How many times have we seen the best team, the best regular season record, the biggest juggernauts just get beat by a team with like mid-80s wins and a wild card? It happens all the time. And so you never know what happens in the postseason. So the Rays, this is probably not the lineup. This is not the rotation that you thought coming into the season uh, that you that you would have. But things happen in the postseason. You you got some talent. They're they're not completely uh, dead, and so now they're coming in against the Rangers with a chance to kind of move on. Uh, this should be a fun series. This is a really fun series. The Rangers uh, again. This is a team that that has been rebuilding, so it's fun to see them back in the postseason. Uh, for some race fans, I, I can understand how facing the Texas Rangers could be a bit of a, a, a cursed feel. Uh, 2010 and 2011 might be still fresh in people's uh, minds. Uh, but those, you know, Adrian Beltre is not walking through that door. Uh, Cliff Lee is not on the current Texas Rangers. So 
this is a brand new brand new lineup. This is a brand new club. Um, I think it's exciting. I, I was not really looking forward to the uh, prospect prospect of, of having to play the Blue Jays again. Not necessarily saying they're a worse matchup for the Rays, but just I feel like I the, the last couple weeks playing the Blue Jays so much, it, it I was kind of a little bored of that. And it's fun to see something a team that uh, the Rays don't have a long history with, at least modern history with the old Rays. The 2010-2011 Evan Longoria-led Rays, those were the teams that faced off against the Rangers. This new club, they've never, they really have not had this long history with the Rangers. So new, new fresh faces. Uh, fun to see the Josh and Nate Lowe battle. Um, I'm excited. I think this was the matchup I most wanted. Not necessarily just from a strategy point of view. Um, I do think matchup wise, it, it does benefit the Rays. But I, I'm excited about the the different and fresh matchup of this. We've seen the Rays versus the Astros. We've seen the Rays versus everybody in the AL East a million times. Uh, I think seeing a different team, getting to learn new players and, and whatnot on the Rangers. Uh, I think that'll be fun for, for the fans. Um, and, uh, and hope the Rays come up on top. But like I said, with the Braves, this is the postseason. It is a crapshoot. You go in there. It's a, it's a three game set a best two out of three, any team in baseball, even the worst teams in baseball, if you put them here against the Rays, I still wouldn't be confident the Rays win this. You can't be confident in a best two out of three. You 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 go in and you go, hey, this, this I think this is something here. I think the Rays have a good chance, but you can never be fully confident in that. So who is making this roster? Who is the final 26 man roster for this wild card round. Uh, I'm going to go down the list. I'm going to say who I think is making the roster. Um, but this is going to come down to the, to the wire. Uh, on Monday, uh, October 2nd, the Rays are going to have live BP for Luke Rayleigh and Jose Siri. The outcome of that and how they look, how they feel, how that holds up will be determined whether or not they will be added to the playoff roster. That will be on Tuesday, October 3rd, morning of uh, the start of the postseason. That is when the playoff uh, rosters get set. We will see if Luke Rayleigh and and Jose Siri are on it. So with that in mind, I'm going to go down the list of who I think is on the list. And then I have my kind of battles uh, that are close for that, uh, for those last little spots um, to look for and whether or not they are healthy. If Luke Rayleigh and, and Jose Sierra are healthy, they're making this roster. But if they are not, uh, that does open a bit more of a question mark. So let's go down the list. Uh, right off the bat, I think for this, uh, for this, you, you, you usually, because it's a shorter series, you don't need as many pitchers. I think we're going to go with 14 position players. Um, this has been kind of the Rays MO. Uh, in a lot of these early series, and even the uh, ALDS in the past, is usually 14 position players, 12 pitchers. I think they're going to do the same. Uh, two catchers, Rene Pinto and Christian Bethencourt. Simple as that. Uh, I think you're, you're starting, uh, not necessarily lineup, but infield, and whatever order you want to do it, is Yandy Diaz at first, uh, Isak Paredes at second. I think you can go with um, Curtis Mead at third and at shortstop, you can either go more defense with Taylor Walls or just 
get fun with it and really go for the the offense and have Junior Caminero in there. Now, this order is going to be a little bit up for debate. Um, Paredes, Mead, Caminero all feel like people that are probably going to make uh, the – they'll definitely make the roster, but will they all get into the starting lineup? All righties, you'd think, against Jordan Montgomery at least, that you'd really want that. So I think you're going to probably see that. Um, Caminero, Mead, Paredes, Yandi uh, for the infield. And then in the outfield, Randy Rosarena in left. Uh, Manuel Margot in center field. And uh, Josh Lowe in right field. Um, DH, Harold Ramirez. Hitting Harold uh, is going to be in there uh, at DH. You could potentially do something where you put Harold Ramirez in right field, Caminero or Meade, uh, DH, and then have Walls at shortstop if you believe um, you're going to need more of that infield defense versus outfield defense. Um, I think you can make the argument either way, depending upon the pitcher, depending upon the situation, uh, but that's pretty much the, the starting lineup. Uh, I think off the bench, you're looking at something like... Um, Walls, Basabe, Jonathan Aranda, and Rymiel Tapia right now at this exact moment with the folks on the IL. But that's where we get into, I think, these battles. I think you're going to look at either Rymiel Tapia or Jose Siri. If Siri is healthy, if he's ready to go, if his hand is healed, uh, Siri is making this roster um, and Tapia will not. Siri, at the very minimum, whether his whether he can swing a bat at all, is up for debate whether that swing will, if it doesn't harm him any, uh, then I think you can have him there as a, as a bench slash defensive replacement. You could be your center fielder and speed guy. He can be a pinch runner. Uh, there's just too, too many things that, uh, that Jose Siri gives you. So uh, I think if Siri is healthy and good to go, he is the easy choice. Probably gets into a starting, uh, in, in that situation especially against the lefty like Jordan Montgomery, you have both Siri and Margot, center field, right field. And, and that's just a huge, huge boost uh, for the team. That speed and outfield glove kind of uh, combination, that's that's what you'd hopefully be able to uh, get from him and, and push on through. If not Reimel Tapia, um, he's a vet. He's been around, still has some good speed. I think he's somebody that more of a bench guy, but definitely – not a uh, not a terrible option to have there. So um, hopefully, Siri will be healthy. The other question mark, if Luke Rayleigh is healthy, I think you have a really interesting uh, combination here. Um, I think it's probably a pick two out of the three of Jonathan Aranda, Luke Rayleigh, and Aslavis Basabe. And when it comes to this, I would imagine Basabe makes it as a utility infielder, but... The Rays have to think about how comfortable they've been with Junior Caminero potentially playing shortstop, with potentially Isak Paredes playing shortstop in a pinch, um, and having Taylor Walls be more of the bench utility infielder that can go all over. Um, Because you could then decide to bring both Jonathan Ronda and Luke Rayleigh and have that, you know, heavy lefty approach. Um, Basabe is not as big of a hitter 
as a Ronda, at least in profile. And Luke Rayleigh has been, if he's healthy, he's he's making this lineup. So maybe you do look at the weaknesses in, le- in uh, lefty hitters and think maybe we're going to punt a little bit of defense with Basabe and bring Aranda and Rayleigh. I lean towards myself, uh, Basabe and either Aranda or Rayleigh, depending upon if Rayleigh is healthy. Um, but that's, I think, a, I think there is a fun, interesting question there about saying, hey, we don't need Basabe for this round. Let's go with uh, Aranda or Rayleigh. Um, Basabe also could be your guy that you put in the outfield instead of Tapia. Um, I would be surprised about that. I think Basabe as an outfielder is just not, he's just not as experienced out there. I think he's much more comfortable on the infield. So I would imagine Tapia still has the lead, but I, I think there's a, an interesting combination of Basabe, Tapia, Siri, Aranda, and Rayleigh, and some combination of these guys, you're probably looking at three out of those five. And if Siri and Rayleigh are healthy, they are locked in. And you just decide whether you want more speed, more defense, or more offense. And from a lefty point of view. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's the lineup. I think that's the position side of things. Uh, even with all the injuries, even with uh, losing Wander Franco, um, this is still a lineup that can absolutely produce runs. Uh, Josh Lowe has been a revelation this year with his with his uh, power and speed. Um, Harold Ramirez. It doesn't make sense. It breaks the logic, uh, but he swings and hits and just makes contact. Um, Manuel Margot, uh, offensively has looked very good since coming back from, uh, getting the loose bodies surgery. Um, off defensively, he has had some pretty unfortunate blunders in the outfield. So it would be definitely nice to have Jose Siri back for that. Uh, but Manuel Margot is looking like the Manny Margot that we know and love as a, as a really fantastic, uh, right-handed hitter against, um, left-handed pitching. So could be a huge weapon for them. And I think when you're looking around, you have Yanni Diaz, the AL batting champ, uh, officially, uh, who's had an amazing year and Isak Paredes, the 30 home run, uh, absolute stud. Uh, those two guys alone are, are, are your guys that you really just, that's the middle of your order, uh, types. Those are the guys that can absolutely just kind of produce for you and you just lean on them. Uh, even though Yanni's probably going to be leading off, uh, he is still a absolute uh, beast. Paredes, incredible finish with 31 uh, home runs. Um, absolute pest at the plate. Absolutely. Uh, just, you know, when you have Yandi, when you have Paredes, I think you really got a chance. And then you got guys like Caminero and Mead, two rookies who have not looked lost in the big moment. Uh, Caminero hit his his first uh, major league home run uh, today um, to uh, to give the Rays. Uh, it should be said 
They hit 230 home runs this year. That is the most uh, home runs in a season uh, in franchise history. They also scored 860 runs this year, which is the most in Rays franchise history. So two franchise bests set this year. Um, but yeah, Junior Caminero again today had a had two balls uh, hit one 107.2, another 108.6. The 107.2 was the home run. The 108.6 was a ground out. Uh, Caminero, since coming up, has done nothing but absolutely smash baseballs. Absolutely incredible. Like, I mean, he was talked about as, as this guy who just has insane levels of, of bat speed and, uh, just incredible, incredible, uh, hard hit ability, just absolutely incredible hard hit ability. And wow, he has absolutely, uh, lived up to the hype. His max EV has 112 already. And, uh, he has absolutely put some absolutely tattooed, uh, tattooed swings on the ball. So Camner has been great. And Curtis Mead, uh, I think not to be lost in, in the hype of, uh, bringing up the 20 year old. I mean, Caminero definitely does not look 20 right now. He's looked incredible. He has not looked, uh, lost in the big scene. Curtis Mead as well. He's only 22 and he's come up and he's, he's hit really well. He is, uh, looking much sharper, uh, much more comfortable. Um, his, his first call up short bit of short stint since September. When he got called up uh, last, he's he's hit really well. Um, great uh, great contact bat. Somebody that uh, that really just uh, I think will pay dividends against lefties. So um, you got me. You got Camonero. How far this team goes, I think, is really going to come down to how hot does Randy Rosarena get? Does he does he unleash the full October Randy? That we have seen this uh, big light spotlight superstar, and how how good are these rookies? How much production can they get from Curtis Mead and from Junior Caminero? And if they can get a lot this early, if they can have a Randy style breakout in the postseason, this team could really make some noise and get back to being the offensive team uh, that we saw early in the season. On the pitching side, I think it's a much clearer picture. Um, I think of the 12 pitchers you're going to bring, uh, I think about 11 are about as set as can be. Uh, Tyler Glasnow gets game one. Zach Eflin gets game two. Aaron Savali gets game three starts. And then for the bullpen, uh, you have Bob Steve, Robert Stevenson, who has been one of, if not the best reliever uh, on the Rays. You have Pete Fairbanks who is your lockdown uh, closer and uh, absolute crazy eyes has been again, maybe the filthiest stuff of any reliever in the sport. Plus it's in the dome climate controlled. Don't have to worry about getting too cold. Pete Fairbanks. Gotta love to have that. Colin Poche, maybe a guy that a lot of Rays fans have slept on a bit. Uh, I talked about it earlier in the season, 
but we started to see about midway through the season that uh, fastball velo tick up just a mile, another mile per hour faster than it's been the last couple of years. He's kind of back to the same velo we had pre Tommy John surgery, and he has been really, really effective. He's never been a huge velo guy, but because of his sort of invisible, because of the way uh, he throws it and the extension he gets, that velo is enough to really get a lot of whiffs. He needed every mile per hour. He needed every single mile per hour. Losing that one mile per hour, he was he was completely lost. It took him a bit more to get back healthy. Uh, long road back from uh, the surgery, but... It's absolutely amazing year. Uh, weirdly, uh, again, uh, reliever uh, wins and losses. He was 12-3 and three on the season. Uh, just an absolute win uh, magnet. Uh, but, yeah, this has been a fantastic year for Colin Pochet. He's kept the home runs uh, down, which has been basically his biggest kryptonite in the past. But a 2.23 ERA, a 3.34 FIP, over a win uh, above replacement as a reliever. Kind of need a lot of Rays fans to acknowledge that Colin Pochet, kind of a big uh, um, punching bag. I mean, I also was not loving him early in the season when that velo was down. But once I saw that velo get back up to that about 93, 94 miles per hour versus 92, 93, that makes all the difference. And I was I was convinced. And he, is, he has looked great. He has looked absolutely fantastic. So Colin Pochet, tip of the cap. Uh, a lot of people were wrong. Uh, love to see the work he's done to get back healthy again. Uh, other guys for that bullpen. Sean Armstrong, who a little bit of struggles down the stretch, but uh, another guy that you absolutely are looking for. Kevin Kelly, outstanding rookie season. Uh, a Rule 5 pick who has been incredible for the Rays. Gives him another funky look. Real wicked sidearm action. Uh, Jake Diekman. Uh, what a pickup Jake Diekman has been. Another guy that the Rays kind of rebuilt this bullpen on the fly during the season before the trade deadline. We talked about it a lot, but this is this is a, a bullpen that the Rays, huge kudos to that front office, to Eric Neander and Peter Bendix. They, it was not, it was a mess early in the season. They had some bad injuries, but they went out, they, they were proactive. They didn't wait for the deadline. They didn't make a splash. They didn't just go after a big name like Araldis Chapman. Uh, they went and got some really they, – they boosted this bullpen up a huge amount throughout the season with these kind of under-the-radar trades. Uh, getting Jake Diekman, uh, who with the Rays has been rejuvenated, uh, getting out of Chicago, uh, 2.18 ERA, 3.21 FIP for the Rays. Uh, the Ks are back. Uh, for Diekman, he's looking absolutely filthy. He's got the walks down to his kind of uh, career best. For his career, he's a 28.8% uh, K pitcher, 13.3% walks um, walk rate. This year with the Rays, 28.6% Ks, 13.5% walks, 15.1% uh, K minus BB. That is the Jake Diekman that was so filthy for so many years with with uh, the Phillies, with the with the A's, um, with the Rangers, like this is a Deakman that uh, that I've wanted on this team 
uh, with the Rays for a long time. Uh, he, it was it was very funny. I remember Jake Diekman uh, was pitching with the White Sox. Um, I kind of had a, blow, a bit of a blow up against the Rays, and I was like, just, you know, let's rescue this guy. Let's get him out of here. So many White Sox fans on Twitter were talking about how, you know, you can have him. You can have him. You can have him. Well, the the White Sox DFA'd him. The Rays just took him. Uh, and look at that. Amazing. Uh, just, again, kind of makes you wonder what's going on with some of these other teams. But, hey, whatever. Uh, Rays get a lot out of these pitchers. Um, and, uh, yeah, Kyle Snyder is a magician. We love it. We love to see it. We love to see a uh, emotionally mature magician in Kyle Snyder. Um, but Jake Diekman, Kevin Kelly giving you some funky looks from the right and the left side. Andrew Kittredge, uh back, already has a good playoff beard going. And then probably Zach Littell, uh, you might piggyback him with Aaron Savali in game three. You could potentially use him as a multi-inning reliever uh, in the early uh, games as well. So we'll see how he is used. But Zach Littell has been a fantastic starting pitcher. For the Rays, what a re- revelation. And, God, they needed it uh, with losing Rasmussen and Springs and McClanahan. Uh, after McClanahan went down, basically Zach Littell stepped up and the Rays didn't miss a beat, which is just incredible. So last spot in the bullpen. Um, shame that uh, Jason Adam came back and then re-injured that oblique. Um, this would have been a great spot for him. But uh, instead, I think you're looking at either – Chris Davinsky, uh, who, <clears throat> if the Rays wanted another lefty right now in this pen, you only have Colin Boucher and Jake Diekman as lefties. If you wanted another lefty, you could go with uh, uh, Chris Davinsky. Yes, I know. Uh, he is a right-handed pitcher. However, his biggest weapon is a changeup, which works well against lefties. He has a very weird uh, release point, which also kind of like an Oliver Drake-esque type of guy very high release point that makes it look like he it's almost coming a bit more out of the left-handed pitching side of things. Basically he's very effective against lefties. He's not as great against righties. Davinsky is basically a right-handed uh, lefty loogie. Basically he's a, he's a righty loogie. Um, but uh, you could also go with Taj Bradley. Um, not going to be starting any, but some of the best stuff of anybody in this Rays team. Uh, still very young, but the stuff is incredible. Could it play up in the bullpen? Or will the emotions in the moment maybe be a little too much? You don't want to maybe risk that. Uh, hard to say. I'm curious to look at this last spot in the bullpen, but that bullpen alone, uh, Kittredge, Diekman, Kelly, Armstrong, Fairbanks, Poche, Stevenson, it's a really good bullpen. That's going to be able to close out a lot of games for them. That's a, that's a lockdown pen. Right there, a lot of guys that also have a lot of experience, too. Um, Fairbanks has been around. Armstrong has been around. Poche has been around. Diekman has been around. Kitchard has been around. These guys have have postseason experience, and that is uh, important, uh, especially from the pen. Chris Davinsky also has a lot of postseason experience. So I actually kind of think Davinsky might sneak in there uh, to that list over Taj Bradley. Um, However... uh, I I don't know if I love – I don't feel great about either. I'll, I'll say that. Um, but I also don't think that last spot in the bullpen is worth getting uh, too up in arms about. But I'm excited to see what the Rays do in that spot. That's the lineup 
to me. That's my predictions uh, for the lineup. I'm going to say Chris Davinsky gets the last spot, and, and I'm going to say Luke Rayley, Jose Siri, and Jonathan Aranda make the, the last spots on the position side. Basabe uh, is a surprise not uh, on the list for this first wildcard round. That's my predictions on that. Uh, I'm curious to hear what other people think. Uh, hit, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, comment in this. Uh, we'll put we'll post this uh, um, podcast in an article on D-Race Bay, so check that out. And as we come to the end of this episode, I just want to thank you guys for listening all season long. Uh, we are excited about our postseason coverage on D-Rays Bay. We're excited about some more fun podcasts we're going to do and post-game shows, but we're also excited about some amazing content that we're going to be putting out on D-Rays Bay and articles. So please check out DRaysBay.com for all of your best Tampa Bay Rays postseason coverage. Hopefully we'll be with you late into October uh, because we we want a late run here. We want a deep postseason run. It's been a little while. The Rays, this is five straight years to the postseason. Not taking that for granted, but it would be nice to get a nice little long run. This team has been so resilient. It's been such a wild run so far. I'm excited to see what comes next. I'm excited to see this team face off against the Texas Rangers. Uh, and I'm excited to see some more postseason baseball in Tampa, in St. Pete, in the Trop, in Central Florida. And uh, let's let's uh, ruin some uh, Major League Baseball front offices. Let's let's ruin some um, executive offices in Major League Baseball and get a uh, Citrus Series World Series. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rob Manfred throw his phone through a, a television uh, out in New York because you have Miami versus St. Pete in the World Series. That would be really fun. Uh, I would, I would, uh, I would cackle at the the absolute amounts of salt. We'd have so much salt for our margaritas from every fan uh, surrounding baseball if that came to pass. Um, but that's looking too far ahead. Right now, Tuesday, Wednesday, that's what we have on the docket. Game one, game two, wild card against the Texas Rangers. I'm excited. I hope you are too. Let's go. Rays, I, I'm excited for you to come back and check us out on DRaysBay.com for all of your postseason news, your profiles, your articles. Uh, we got some great stuff coming when these playoff rosters are announced. I'm sure there'll be a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. Who knows? Uh, Eric Deander and Kevin Cash might throw us a curveball, and you might see uh, Chandler Simpson on the postseason roster as a crazy speed threat. You never know. The Rays uh, sometimes throw a little curveball at us, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. We can discuss it all on DRaysBay.com. Check back in your podcast feed. We're going to be having some more fun uh, post-game, post-season action here at Rays your voice. Thank you all for joining us all season long. Thank you for joining us in October in the postseason. Let's go Rays.